What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. I am the slow chemical. This is the Monday show. And today we're gonna talk about we're gonna actually get back to a wrestler profile. This actually had a couple people make a comment to me, but finally when I got Jonathan Nestor's message the other day, I was like, maybe I should do this. Cause I guess I remember saying it. I don't remember what show it was on, but I remember saying uh that there will be a Hollywood uh Reigns. And after I said that, I had a bunch of people hit me up, hit me up. And I don't ignore your messages. I pay attention. It's just that when I have a, something for a show in mind, and uh, we've been on a roll here, especially since I feel like every show has found its footing. You know, really earlier in the year, as this year winds down, it was hard for me to do uh, Wednesday shows because I just was trying to stick to a certain format that, honestly, I, that never existed. Like, we opened this show on the Wire review. We did uh, the Boys review, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't know what got in my head. Just, I don't know. But uh, anyways, um, yeah. So I just said, you know, I just want to stick to the program. But then I realized something. That this is probably one of the worst, if not the absolute worst Survivor Series build, Survivor Series builds of all time. And I was like, I have no interest in even watching that show. If I watch it, it will be strictly out of boredom. But I actually have no interest in watching that show. Um, and I, you know, I may watch the Roman Reigns Big E match. I think that would be a good match. Otherwise, I just don't have any interest in watching it. And that's just kind of the state of WWE for me right now. Is If I watch it, I watch it. Um, I'll catch highlights. Um, if not, cool. Um... So, yeah, that's unfortunate, though. But um, we still may talk about highlights of it down the road. But anyways, with that being said, the wrestler profile stuff that I did in the summertime was actually pretty popular. Um, took a lot of research, um, but it was still pretty popular. I didn't mind doing it, actually. I actually enjoyed doing it. And um, I just said, you know what? He was like the 18th, 19th person to actually... You know I'm going to start doing... <laughs> If I was smarter, I would do like a Patreon or like a PayPal stuff so you, 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 you guys could donate money. Um, but yeah, it just, you know, it's, since people keep requesting it, this was like more than a three-month request thing. It started and I just kind of said, oh, I don't want to touch that right now. And But after, but then highlighting everything and then, and, and then realizing that it's 25 years of The Rock and Survivor Series, why not? You know, so we will touch on the years 2001 to 2003. The, the transition into the Hollywood rock character. Because Hollywood rock character, we could take five minutes on it. It wasn't that long. It was some of his, the best work of uh, Dwayne Johnson's career, but it didn't last very long. And it's funny how I'm recording it today, and as I'm looking at this box that was just delivered to my house, it is the NWO Cena, the Ringside Collectibles one. It's, it's still in the box. I was going to like open it and like tell you guys what I think about it. Should I do that? Yeah, F it. Why not? Give me one second, guys. I'm going to open this box. You guys are going to probably hear a lot of crackling or whatever noises. Let's let's see what this thing looks like up, up front. I actually don't know anyone that owns this thing. And I got it for reasons I'll explain in a few weeks um, when Nico will be back on the show. And um, I wasn't sure if I wanted it or not. Holy crap. It's like, it's legitimately, <laughs> it's, 
it's like it's it's hiding. I don't want to open it actually. Because it's like in it's in a box, but it's like and sealed in. But you see the how would you see the, the NWO scene where he did the firehouse firehouse fun firehouse fun fly NWO. Yeah, I don't want to actually open this. <laughs> I didn't know it was like this. This is kind of cool actually. Um anyway, so that was very unfulfilling. So it's just funny how I got the Hollywood scene in. But anyways, yeah, let's talk about Rock. Wrestler Profile, 2001-2003. Um, let's start with the Royal Rumble, 2001. And, you know what? Let's go back. Let's go to 2000. October 2000, no mercy. Kurt Angle completes one of the greatest years in WWE history by winning the WWE Championship to... Uh, uh, thanks to outside interference, The Rock loses. Uh, then you move on to Survivor Series. Then you move on to Armageddon. We have that, that crazy uh, Armageddon Hell in a Cell match where Rikishi gets thrown off the top of the cage. Austin hits the stunner, and Angle puts his finger or his hand over Rock, get, retains his title. So you're the Royal Rumble 2001. Austin, Triple H's feud is getting to that fever pitch. It, it's just pure hatred. Um... Rock is kind of floundering at this point. When I say floundering, it's not in a bad way. It's kind of just like his direction can go anywhere. Because Rock just has target, just his eyes on the WWE Championship. Like, Austin has his eyes on the WWE Championship, but he needs to get Triple H. He hates Triple H. But Rock is like, floundering may not be the right word, but more targeting. Let's use that word. So as you go into the Royal Rumble, the Rock is in the Rumble. And you ha- you see one of the most epic moments in R- Rumble history. I want to say it's the same caliber as because if you notice, there's a there's a theme that goes on in Rumble some Rumbles where you see two big top stars like staring at each other, and it's like okay, I can get with this. Well, at one point in time in this Rumble match, you have Rock on one side of the ring laying in the corner on a turnbuckle. You have Austin, bloody Austin, on the other side. All of a sudden, the camera catches Rock's face. It catches Austin's face. The crowd begins to just build. And it's like, at the time, I remember I was such a young fan. I didn't see it. I didn't see it coming. Now, I would see it coming. But I didn't see it coming that this was going to be the main event to WrestleMania, right? You just didn't see it because they were so separated. Like, legitimately, as I said, Rock was just on on the hunt. And Austin and Austin was just, his, his, he was just distracted. He was just, his, he was just split. You know, um, and so next thing you know, these two go out for a little bit, but you only get like a small taste. It's such a, it is such a small taste and such a, such a tease. That's probably why I didn't see it coming. So then you go to No Way Out, February. The Rock defeats Kurt Angle and probably like, I remember once we had that match. Cause here's the thing. Austin versus Triple H was signed. That was the main event, three stages of hell. But don't you know how like normally the, 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 uh, tradition or the cliche that WWE would feed off of would be if Austin loses, he loses his championship match. That was never a thing. And I was such a huge Triple H fan at the time. I remember thinking to myself, like, why isn't this title match on the line? Like, this is what they always do. But it wasn't on the line. And I had a friend tell me, he was like, man, that means Triple H may win. Except just being naive fans, just being really young fans. I said, you think so? Because at the time, I thought Austin was going to win. But then you start seeing some of the cliches that WWE still uses to this day. And some of these things are not bad. You know, some of these things are just not knock. Some, some of these things are just what they are. And 
I remember vividly just being excited. He's like, okay, cool. I remember this match coming out of nowhere, like Rock versus Angle for the title. I was like, Angle's not good. It also just didn't feel like Angle's that main event status yet. The one WrestleMania that Kurt Angle main evented, he was the top heel. You know, he felt like the top heel. You know, even with Triple H feeling like the top heel, the fact that they were having their match in No Way Out, that took him out of the running. Like, he just wasn't going to main event. It just felt like Rock deserved that spot. Does that make sense, you know? And so, anyways, and this match is known for Earl Hebner's F-Up because Rock hit the rock bottom. And one, two, Earl Hebner holds up. He forgot that that was supposed to be the ending. The fans boo. So Rock then picks Angle up again. He's a second rock bottom. And you can hear him say that Earl Hebner count the fucking fall. Like, as a young person, I remember thinking to myself, why did he just pick him up for the second? Like, he didn't kick out. It was, once again, really weird stuff. So Kurt Angle's first ring comes to an end. He defeats the Rock. The Rock beats him back. Then we go to WrestleMania 17. Some would say the greatest WrestleMania of all time. If that's your opinion, I ain't gonna take it from you. I, I just I, I don't think I have a, a favorite for WrestleMania of all time. Um, I think I think I've kind of always left that open. You know, I just like, oh, no, cool. Um, top to bottom, this card is stacked. But without a doubt, to me, this is the greatest wrestling package of all time. Set to the music of Lip Biscuits My Way. And this is the greatest package they've ever put together as a company. Ever. When you hear Austin say, I have to beat you, Rock. I have to beat you more than you know. Just like, wow. Like, you heard the desperation in Austin's voice. And, like, when you look at the seeds that were planted then, it's like, well, he was turning heel, you know? Um, It just was one of those things where it was just crazy, man. And the buildup was even crazier. Built up so much animosity, but from McMahon, who didn't want them ruining the main event, but yet he put Deborah, Austin's wife, with Rock as Rock's manager, and and Austin said, "Hey man, she gets hurt," and he says, "I don't gotta defend her. She's not my wife." And I was like, "Ouch, okay." But essentially, he said, "Yeah, dog, I'm out there for myself. You bitch on her own." That's essentially what he said, you know. And so like you see all these things and everything build up, and then right before the match, Howard Finkel announces it's gonna be no DQ, and Jim Ross says. Who made that call? It just, it, uh, it was so much fishiness in the air. It was crazy. Well, The Rock takes a beating. He takes about 17 chair shots before he finally gets pinned. If you look at the front row of WrestleMania at the very end, he, when he's getting hit all those times with a chair, Rock's mom stands up. She's very mild married these things, but his mom stands up. And I'm just like, holy crap on a cracker, dude. Like, I remember seeing that even as a young fan, he's saying young fan, air quotes, air quotes, you can see me doing air quotes. I remember just saying, I was like, that's Rock's mom. I remember watching it with a friend. That's Rock's mom. Like, this, is this real? You know, because that's how much he was beating with the chair. Anyways, Rock loses the championship. The next nine on Raw, Rock Austin, steel cage match, title match. This is the beginning and the origins of the two-man power trip. Austin is, and McMahon's in the ring. Triple H comes down, just full of piss and vinegar. Takes his leather jacket off, has a sledgehammer. Nails the Rock. And they beat the rock down. And uh, essentially, Vince McMahon, not, I don't think he fires him. He suspends him. Well, this was a way to write the rock off television in order for him to go film The Scorpion King. So, all of a sudden, you move fast forward some months. Philadelphia, 
the invasion. We're right in the middle of this invasion now. We're not going to get into that. We are not getting into the invasion. If you want to get into the invasion, you go to someone else who wants to actually go through that with you. Um, that I will make you guys pay for all day. Uh, and so now The Rock has a decision to make. Will, will it be Team WCW or Team WWF? He rock bombs Shane. He rock bombs Vince. He ends up saying he's Team WWF, which sets up SummerSlam. The Rock versus Booker T for the WCW Heavyweight Championship. The promos leading up to this where Jericho and Rock were just double teaming uh, Stephanie McMahon, Rhino, and Booker T were legendary. Um, the one where they didn't cut Rock off and he said, Silver Spoon, mother! You know, he had interesting, he ended up having to edit himself because they didn't cut him off. I remember um, reading an interview where like Rock was about, was about to get yelled at by Vince. He said, no, no, no. They were supposed to cut me off. I had to keep going. That's why if you ever listen to like the unedited version of it, he'll say, the Silver Spoon, mother lover. And he has to, he has to edit himself because he's not sure if they're going to cut him off because they're just letting him go at it, you know. It was still great stuff. Well, anyways, The Rock defeats Booker T to win the WCW Heavyweight Championship for the first time. Rock would end up losing the WCW Championship to Chris Jericho, which would be Chris Jericho's first ever world title win. People forget that. People think um, at Vengeance, when he united the titles, no. This was his first title. This was actually the beginning of his heel turn because he ends up hitting essentially a skull crushing finale before Miz used it. And I think Jericho used it as a finishing move for maybe two or three months. It, he didn't do it. It didn't look good when he did. It, like, Miz does it better. <laughs> it, does, it didn't look good. Um, Jericho hit, uh, used a steel, like, he hit Rock with it on a steel chair. And then Jericho threw the ring or chair out the ring. Well, at the end of the match, Rock. Looking at Jericho because they were they were having heat this entire time. It was it was good to watch to see Jericho get to that next level. Rock takes a chair and hands him the chair. Like I knew you, I know you, me and you know this. That's I'll leave it at that, which was really cool. So then next thing you know, the Rock wins the WCW Championship back right before Survivor Series. Survivor Series, a winner takes all. You end up having The Rock win for his team after Angle defected back to WWE, um, which was a month-long plan that Vince set up with Kurt Angle. But the thing that was notable for, notable for me on this was this is the first time Rock ever pinned Austin to a mat. Ever. Rock, up until this point, Rock had lost too many events to him at WrestleMania, and every match they'd ever been in, Rock had never pinned Austin's shoulders to the mat. This goes to why some people think that Austin never really put anyone over, but Austin was so hot, and his period was so short. And Jericho and Rock, to me, are two probably... I would have to do more research on this. This is for a topic for another day. They were definitely the most um, giving of their losses. That's why their lost, one, one loss record is what it is they were definitely the most giving i think cena became more giving in the end when he realized holy crap i need this company to grow not just be me um and also at the same time i think cena was more giving after the nexus fiasco after the nexus fiasco for those you don't know um the nexus when they were, cre were created and born essentially they had that first main event at SummerSlam, which was a elimination match which they were originally supposed to win but Cena overruled it, and, they, and Edge has talked about this, Jericho's talked about this, Cena's even admitted this, um, how he was supposed to lose, but then he ended up eliminating like the last three by himself, and essentially he killed the Nexus off by himself. And that's not a knock or, or criticism, it's, a, it's facts. 
Like every three people in that match have admitted to this happening. So there's no debating. If you're a Cena fan, just, he's admitted to it. So he's even admitted to him messing up, and he said, "Oh, I should have won. Oh, I should have lost." You know. Um, but yeah, Rock was definitely more giving than he should have been. But this is the first time he actually pins Austin to the mat. Fast forward, vengeance. The, the unification of the World Heavyweight Championships. You had a four-man tournament, which featured Austin versus Kurt Angle for the WWE title, and Kurt, excuse me, and Jer- Jericho versus Rock for the WCW Championship. The winner would meet the same night in a unification match. Well, Austin defeated Kurt Angle, and by this time, Austin's full babyface again. So he's still the WWE champion. Jericho defeats The Rock to become a two-time WCW champion. And, Im- and immediately after that, Austin comes out. They have a match. Jericho unites the championships with his first ever WWE Heavyweight Championship. Fast forward. Here's where things kind of get interesting. 2002. So, essentially... No way out. Rock is introduced to the NWO for the first time. He's still fav- he's still babyface. No one started booing him yet. And he cuts that massive promo. Hey, you, raise the amount. And he gets on all of them. Completely deads all of them, right? Then this leads to the most uh, epic, um, surprising turn of all time. It can't be the most epic double turn. That is for WrestleMania 13. But to me, this was unexpected as a fan. Watching WrestleMania 18, you have Rock Hogan. You legitimately have a dream match. And you have the fans just booing the Rock out of the building. They were the first ones to really boo the Rock. This, To me, this started the boos. This is the thing that created Hollywood Rock. This started the boos. Everything Rock did, they booed. In the fairness to Rock and Hogan... They played to it. Rock played heel. Hogan, of course, played to the crowd as well. Uh, it was a great moment. Um, the match is shitty. Without a doubt, the match is not good. Rock had, Rock, Rock had, Hogan couldn't, couldn't really do anything. But the, 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 the magnitude of it, the, the scene of it, the, the, the flash bulbs, everything they did meant something. And that's, that's what makes this such a classic match, air quotes. Not necessarily the wrestling, but everything else that comes along with this match. Rock ends up defeating Hulk Hogan. And then you have the baby faces hug and whatever. And then Hogan does a full-blown face turn. Once again, the, this started the booing, but the booing wasn't really there still. He very rarely got booed. Even when he took a break, he took another break, Austin walks out on the, walks out on the company. Rock makes his comeback. Of course, they all bury Austin because he left the company, blah, blah, blah. He was getting cheered that night. He was getting cheered hell a lot that night. Then you even fast forward to where, the, to me, the greatest triple threat match. Well, who knew? I can't say that. One of the greatest triple threat matches in this company's history. For the WWE Undisputed Championship, the entry comes in as champion of Kurt Angle of The Rock. This match was just, this match was all over the place. And it ends with Rock pinning Kurt Angle to win the title. Entry never actually got pinned. This is obviously a transitional time, and I believe from the things I've read, I don't think if Rock has ever confirmed this or not. He could have. I think I, I th- don't quote me on this. I think the Rock did confirm this, 
But I remember a bunch of interviews with Brian Gowartz and Bruce Pritchard. They said that when they were mapping out who Brock was going to beat for the WWE title, they didn't know who they didn't know who he was going to beat. And they wanted to be a big name. And they were trying and they wanted to save the Undertaker feud for down the road. And Rock was like in the meeting, apparently like probably, I don't know, working out, whatever the fuck, who knows. And he said, oh, I'll just lose to him. That's fine. Give me the belt. I'll lose to him. And so he said, you sure? He said, yeah, why not? Who cares? Put the kid over. And he ended up winning his seventh uh, uh, WWE World Heavyweight Championship. At the time, that was a record. When I, I think, who's won more since then? Had to be Triple H won more, right? Uh, uh, might have been a bunch of people. Who knows? Anyways, at the time, it was unheard of to win the WWE Championship for a seventh time. Rock was the first to do it. But it was meant to be transitional. Transitional. But on the build to Brock Lesnar versus Rock, that's when the booze even... Because everyone knew he was leaving again. Because he was leaving again. So, like, everyone started booing him more. But then the Nassau Coliseum, as soon as his music hits, he lays the, the belt down, does a, the Brock Lesnar pose standoff, runs to the ring. The booze were just all over this fucker. And so... This, to me, was the culmination of a heel turn. And remember now, people don't remember this either. I don't know if it happened after the show or at the very end of the show. But in this night, on this night, he picked the mic up and he's like, finally. And they're booing. And the booze get heavier and heavier. And he looks around. And he says, sing a long time is over. And he's done. That's when, he, that's when the heel turn is commenced. Even though he was the first guy to say, hey, I just, I'll lose this kid. I don't give a shit. He'll turn his commenced. All of a sudden, you, you have Rock come back. And first of all, the music for the Hollywood Rock was fantastic. It just felt like Hollywood. It was so annoying. <laughs> it was so great. Even his leather pants with his leather jacket and no shirt. And whoa, calm down, fella. Just rubbing his... It was ridiculous. Um... But here's what would make things even better. First of all, the, the Rock's on SmackDown, right? He has a match with Hogan at No Way Out 2003. And this is a fun fact. This is the only guy that Hogan has never been able to get his win against. Hogan is 0-2 versus The Rock. Fun fact there. Well, all of a sudden, due to Selvin Grenier and Vince McMahon, a whole bunch of crap, The Rock defeats Hogan for a second time. And now, the very next night, he drafts himself to Raw. And he just cuts his promo and says, hey, the only thing I haven't done is beat that ball-headed candy ass at WrestleMania. Now the feud with him and Austin starting. But in the middle of all this, he ends up building this feud, this weird feud with fucking Hurricane, which was classic stuff. Because to me, it was a good way of putting heat on the match with him and Austin while just trying to make a new star I have Hurricane, just making, just giving Hurricane something to do. And Hurricane's told these stories before about how one night when it was supposed to do like their last thing, um, supposed to be their last real interaction, it was supposed to be a pre-tape, and Rock kept fucking up. And Hurricane was like worried, hey man, we're not going to make television. And finally they said, hey man, since we keep fucking up, let's just do it live. And Rock looked at Hurricane and winked his eye, because he knew they could do anything they want to if it's live. And Rock is, Rock was just so giving, dude. You know, I just I think it's really interesting how his WWE career and his Hollywood career are really different. Like it feels like he's taking Hollywood or he's taken Hollywood by the throat, and he hasn't been giving. Like the whole thing with him and Vin Diesel, it feels like, okay, cool, fuck you. I'm gonna make money somewhere else. I'm gonna make history somewhere else. 
you know, as I record this, he literally just had the highest debut in Netflix history. And Netflix don't do numbers. But it's like at 92%. That's even red nose. It's all right. Um, but to me, like, he, this is why he is the character he is. The person he is. You know, he might, you know what I'm saying? Anyways, um, so, like, then this ends up culminating in a match. And there's a few things Hollywood Rock did. Uh, in the match with Hurricane, he Hurricane rolls him up and pins him due to a distraction from Austin. But Hurricane has a pinfall win over the Rock, you know, which he which he wanted to do. Even in the match, even the, in the build up to the WrestleMania main event between Booker T and Triple H, there's a battle royal on Raw for to see who wins the uh, the right to face Triple H. So it's just down to Booker T and the Rock, and Rock just gets cocky, goes to throw Booker T out. Booker T counters and throws him out. Loud pop for Booker T, like. He, uh, the things he did as Hollywood Rock in that short period of time, to me, were freaking epic. They could probably do a DVD on that four or five month period alone, right? <laughs> you know. Anyways, March twenty fourth, two thousand three, Sacramento. You get the first ever rock concert, which to me was the best concert. It was so ridiculous. He rags on the city. He rags on the, the basketball team. He just went completely out of his way to be a dick, and I loved every second of it. If you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. Um, well, I just gave you the date, too. March 24, 2003. I have not searched for raw stuff on Peacock. I don't know how easy or how hard it was. Before, it was kind of easy on the network as well if you had the date. So I don't know how it works on Peacock, but you have the date right there. Anyways, WrestleMania 19. Rock and Austin probably have... Uh, they have a good match, but they have their worst match at all the WrestleManias, in my opinion. But they have a good match. This match consisted of all finishing moves. Um, but Rock finally beat Austin in a one-on-one match at WrestleMania. Rock will go down in history as the only person to defeat the other four big names, the Mount Rushmore, air quotes, of wrestling, of WWE at WrestleMania. Yeah, he's lost to Austin. He's lost to seeing that WrestleMania as well. But he's beaten Rock. I mean, he's, he's beaten Austin, Hogan, and Cena at Mania main events. So, there you go. Then after Mania, he's celebrating. And it was so anticipated for Goldberg to come in. Everyone knew he was coming in. Everyone knew why Rock was out there. It was just whatever. Uh, Rock comes out, takes a spear. Excuse me, Goldberg comes out, gets Rock the spear. At Backlash, Goldberg ends up defeating The Rock in their one and only match, which was... Once again, Rocket volunteered to do that for uh, Goldberg. Um, just to me, so giving. And to me, that was all of Hollywood Rock. When he would reappear in the next year, he was back helping Mick Foley at WrestleMania 20 uh, face evolution. Um, so that was, that, once again, I told you, if we started 2003 with Hollywood Rock, That would, that's all it would be. It'd be like a four-minute show, which we've done before. But <laughs> it was you, you just had to see, to me, you had to see the buildup of it. And why it was so important that he got to that direction. And honestly, it was more of the fans just turning on him because they just wanted to turn on him. I don't think it had anything to do with anything else. They just wanted to turn on him, which is, they're right. You know, they, they pay their their hard-earned money to cheer or boo. Um, but without them knowing it, they came up with one of the greatest characters of all time due to their booing. So, yeah, that is your wrestler profile. That is 25 Years of the Rock here on the show. I am the Soul Chemical. I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. You guys will hear my voice one more time this week. We have a Wednesday show still. We didn't forget. Um, even though it's dropping the same day as 
the uh, first two episodes of Hawkeye. We'll get to those the following week. Um, we have a show with Nico. We hit a very interesting topic. We talk about autographs and how much you should or should not pay from your favorite celebrity or creator. So check it out Wednesday. Or have a happy Thanksgiving. I'm out.